Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're kicking off our series on the iconic Madhuri Dixit with a discussion of two successful films from early on in her career. First up, she plays Anil Kapoor's childhood friend turned fiance in Vidhu Vinod Chopra's 1989 landmark crime drama, Parinda. Then she and Amir Khan go from enemies to lovers in Indra Kumar's hit rom-com Dill from 1990. I'm told that's many people's favorite rom-com trope is enemies to lovers. Apparently, yeah. I see a lot, a lot of this of on Book Talk. Yeah. yeah. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. Matt, yeah. we are delivering on our promise that we made a few episodes back to devote a series to one of Bollywood's best actresses. It's Madhuri Madness. Yes. This month we're releasing not one, but but two Madhuri Dixit episodes. Uh, it's going to be a month devoted to Madhuri Dixit in honor of... Uh, so do you want to explain what March Madness is? People know what March Madness is, right? I think people in North America do, but most of our audience probably doesn't. Yeah. Uh, March Madness is the period in which the uh, basketball teams at the colleges in the States... Uh, have a big competition to see who wins. It's a big sort of round-robin tournament. I mm-hmm. think it starts at, like, 64 teams and it eventually whistles its way down. Mm-hmm. You know, Elite 8, Final 4, and then, you know, who wins. So, and in, in a round-robin tournament, you probably know what a round-robin tournament is. So, yeah. look it up if you don't. And, in the, and people make brackets. That's exactly. the whole thing. They like to design who they think is going to win every single matchup along the way and pick who's going to be the winner of the whole tournament and there's a lot of money running on this my friends and i have done sort of just amateur because we don't know anything about basketball except for one of our friends uh we just kind of pick the ones we you once think. had to ask me if they go into overtime if they tie like what happens if they tie in basketball yeah i i know very little about basketball everything you know you've learned from coin Lagaya. Yeah, exactly. They say that's a basket every single time they get a basket. Yeah. Uh, and, but it's it, it's a really big deal in the States. Like, sports people here love it. Yeah. And, and Canada, too. Like, people just enjoy it. It's something in March that's kind of fun, and, you know, winter's winding down, so it's getting ready for summer and good times again. And uh, if I remember right, there's only baseball right now. The other sports are not on, typically. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gets its own little zone in which it gets to thrive. Yeah, so that's a, a long explanation of the joke of the title of this episode. Yeah, <laughs> Madness. Madness. Uh, in the pop culture world, people are going to use the popularity of, of March Madness to create like pop culture brackets that then people vote on. So like the Empty Public Library does one every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blank Check podcast does one every year. We didn't quite do that. So no. a few months ago... It would be tough for us to do it to find movies that would actually be available and would have subs in that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, so a couple of months ago, uh, when we did our most recent Amitabh Bachchan episode uh, in the series that we do on Bachchan, where we attempt to watch a film from every year of his career, uh, we missed some years because of the nature of streaming, <laughs> the nature of streaming and other things, and also his career. Yeah, uh, there's some fallow years for that guy. We discuss how we've devoted a series to Amitabh Bachchan. We're doing a series on Anil Kapoor, but we haven't done a series on an actress. And so we did, again, we didn't do quite a bracket. It was a small bracket of four, I think, right? Yeah, but we did put up a poll on Twitter 
asking our listeners and followers on Twitter who they would like to see us devote a series to. And let me say, it got intense. The stands got a hold of this. It got intense between Ashwarya Rai and Madhuri Dixit. So hopefully all were... those stands are downloading this episode yeah. from TW. <laughs> hopefully. We'll have to put every hashtag we can think of on it. They were, uh, they, they were, they were neck in neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Madhuri Dixit won. Mm-hmm. And that does not mean that we aren't potentially considering episodes or a series on Ashwarya Rai. Ashwarya April. In in the future. <laughs> but uh, April Ashwarya. But Ashwarpal. <laughs> it did uh, convince us that, you know, we need to put this series together on Midori Diction. Now with our Bakshan series we've been going kind of year by year. Our Anil Kapoor series we've been going decade by decade. I don't think we've entirely figured out what the scope of uh, our series on Midori Diction is going to be, but we're going to kind of just check in with kind of pivotal moments in her career over a series of episodes. Mm-hmm. We decided to launch it this month in March, not just because Metairie Madness would make a really good uh, title for this series, uh, but also because her show on Netflix just came out, The Fame Game. So, friend of the show, Sri Rao, is an executive producer. So we're looking and forward creator. to this one. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're checking this out as well uh, as watching these movies this yeah. month. Uh, yeah, so we're getting ahead of ourselves, but next episode will be our Netflix and Dill on the fame game. But before then... Before then, we got to go back to the beginning. No, before that. Even before that. Before we go Does back. it sound different in here? We have a new table. <laughs> we have a new table, but we also have a new wine fridge. Yeah, so... Now, the table, I don't think, makes noise just no, sitting I think here. The table, the, wine... the table should be much less creaky and old than our oh, old table. Yeah. And also, it's uh, medium, uh, MDF fiberboard probably adds a nice sonorous tone to our, our stuff. Sure. And I'm hoping the audio software I have can eliminate the sound of the wine fridge. Yeah, there's like a slight hum from the wine fridge. I think so. I I could take it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, now you know. Now, if you were wondering what kind of table this is on, it's a new one. It's a struck tube aroma. Yeah, it is. Like not even a week old yet. It's like two hundred dollars. It's very cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that everyone's been kept up to date on our recent they want to uh, know household purchases. <laughs> they want to know. Do you, Do you think we should talk about the pepper grinder we're gonna get to? Okay. So Aaron got this pepper grinder, right? <laughs> no, I haven't bought the pepper grinder yet. No, Aaron had our old pepper grinder. <laughs> okay. She tried to do mustard in it. Stop. Stop. Oh, yeah, they might be interested in that. My spice grinder broke, so I tried to put mustard seeds in my pepper grinder. Now I need to Gummed get a Gummed up new the one. works. Now, okay. now it's... She's just breaking grinders left and right here, okay. folks. Back to... I can get a weed grinder. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> Let's get back to the topic of this episode, which is meta addiction. Uh, so meta addiction started dancing at the age of three. She's a professionally trained Catholic dancer. Amazing. Uh, and a lot of her kind of current presence is is very much in uh, like dance shows. And, and she, she shows her, up on yeah. Yeah, and she has her like Metairie dance app. So like dancing is a is a big part of her star persona and also I think one of her great loves. She made her debut in 1984's Abode. It failed at the box office, but her performance was well reviewed. She would then go on to appear in 1985's Awara Bat. 
and a 1986 Swati, neither of which performed well. Uh, the flops continued, unfortunately, uh, through 1987 and most of 1988, including 87's Hifazat, which was her first film with Anil Kapoor, a pairing that we are very familiar with, of, yeah. partly because of our Anil Kapoor series. Yeah. Um, however, the final film that she released, or not that she released, but that was released that she was in, in 1988, Tazab became the highest grossing film of the year. With good reason. It, and, it, it slaps. Yeah. And she was nominated for her first Filmfare Award for Best Actress. We've already discussed Tazab in our Anil Kapoor series. So Anil Kapoor's 80s, I think it was. Yeah, we're not going to, to rehash too much here, but her performance as Moini, I think, is absolutely mm-hmm. iconic. That the performance of Ecto Teen, incredible. So much so they had to recreate it later. Yeah. I I love Tazab. It's a remake of Streets of Fire of all things and includes an homage to or a reference to the Odessa Step sequence in Battleship Potemkin. Like it's it's kind of a wild movie. For it's a it, lot for of For what fun. it is, like, the ambition was way higher than, like, I think anyone would have thought. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They tried so hard on it. Yeah. And she's fantastic in it. I yeah. can see why she was nominated for Best Actress. Uh, anything else you want to say about Tizab? No, just go listen to the episode. We talked about it for, like, two hours. Yeah. So, so Tizab is, like, a real turning point yeah. in her career. In 1989, the films include Ram Lakhan with Anil Kapoor, which that's is... That's one we wanted to find. Yeah. That's that's also a rather iconic film for Anil Kapoor. It's available on Z5. And yeah, we had trouble finding it. Like, we, lo- we, we seriously got close on it when we did it for mm-hmm. a Neil Kapoor episode, but yeah, just couldn't get it. Yeah, it's on Z5, but it doesn't have subtitles. Yeah. So we're just kind of trying to find a version, a legal version with subtitles. So mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to see Ram Lakhan. It was referenced a lot in AK versus AK. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as big I fans, think that's when he says Jakas. Oh, maybe. Someone will let us yeah. know. Yeah. As big fans of Neil Kapoor um, and... And Midori Dick shit. Like, I, yeah. I would really like to see that film. Anyways, uh, other 1989 films, uh, Tree Dev, and three films with Mithun Chakraborty, Ilaka, Majrim, and Prem Pratagaya, for which she, the last one, Prem Pratagaya, she received her second Filmfare Award nomination for Best Actress. Uh, we looked at watching this film. Prem Pratagaya, yeah. Yeah, it is available on Eros now, and it has subs, but we discovered something interesting. It looks like shit. Well, they did a terrible job on it. Like, it's just almost unwatchable. Yeah. So the subtitles work when we look at it on our computers. Mm-hmm. But then when through the kind of Apple TV app that we use, the subtitles weren't there. Yeah. So we could do what we did with Z5. I feel like this background on Metro Addiction is getting sidetracked. more of a technical by, background. Uh, by, by us explaining our issues watching films. Uh, so we could have potentially, like, airplayed it. But the problem was the transfer, which is what we do with Z5. Yeah. Because the subtitles on the Apple TV app for Z5 never work. Never, ever. Fix yeah. your app. So we could have airplayed it, but the problem was the picture quality was so low. And airplaying something already, you don't always get the best picture quality. And so it just would have been like a really excruciating yeah. almost three hours. Well, it's not 4K. It's not even like yeah. 1080p. It's like 720 and on the screen, it's like a third of the screen big. So we would be just like 
trying to scooch in. And also the print was in bad shape. So Yeah, the print was just in We just decided shape. not to watch this one. Yeah, no, it was like... Nothing against Mythen. We like Mythen. We like uh, Madurai. But, like, this one was just preserved for so poorly. Um, I'll say that the other movie we watched, Dill, was actually in really nice shape. That was uh, mm-hmm. Shimaru. So if Shimaru gets a hold of something, they'll take care of it. But mm-hmm. this other Z5, they weren't really going for it. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't Z5. It was on Heroes Now. Yeah. Heroes Now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so also in 1989, uh, Perinda, uh, critically acclaimed film that we are going to discuss. In length. In, this in length. We loved it. Uh, in 1990, she again appeared in nine films. Most of them didn't do very well, with the exception of Kishin Kanahaya, again with Anil Kapoor, and Dill, the highest grossing film of 1990, for which she finally won the Filmfare Award for Best Actress. So it's kind of funny. Like, she'll do nine movies a year. <laughs> Most of them do bad. The and, and then she has, like, the biggest one of the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they did a lot better in 1989 than they did in 1990. But, mm-hmm. like, you can just see how after that turn into Zop, like, just how in demand she is. Yeah, if you're doing nine movies a year, and one of them is always the biggest movie of the year, and it's not bad. And I think there's also come some kind of, like, there's some, uh, like, friendlies and item numbers there that I'm not Yeah, they might not those. be, yeah. Yeah. Full roles. Exactly. Uh, so overall, she's been nominated for 17 Filmfare Awards. Not bad. She's won five. Four for Best Actress and one for Best Supporting Actress. She also has an honorary award for completing 25 years in the indie, Indian film industry. Nice. Uh, she has the most nominations ever in the Best Actress category with 14. She's been nominated for Supporting Actress three times. So right. she has 14 Best Actress nominations. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. So I guess before before we get into our discussion of Perinda... Uh, is there anything you want to say? We've seen many Midori Dick shit films. Yeah, so let I me think, look them up here. I want to see which ones stick out to me. As we go through this series, we will kind of mention, you know, like, we've already discussed Dev Das. We've already discussed Hamat Bay Hong Kong. Yeah. So we're kind of digging into the stuff that we that we haven't seen and haven't discussed. And she's been in over 70 films. So I'm sure Joseph this will Pagohe. be great, great. Yeah, great use of the dancing. Yeah. I'm sure this will be a very rich series because there's a lot of content. Hamap Ke Hang Kone. Mm-hmm. That iconic purple sari. Gave us Tuffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalank. It's okay. Uh, this <laughs> you actually, went from Hamap Ke Hang Kone to Kalank. I'm, look, I'm actually looking on Letterboxd, the oh, most okay. popular films. So I can tell you the order here. Yeah. Of most popular films, according to Letterboxd, which we'll remind you is not like a mostly Indian service. Like, this is mostly people in the West, I would say, cataloging their films. And Anya Kashyap. And Anya Kashyap, who is a delightful follow on there. If you're on Letterboxd, check him out. <laughs> Matt uh, frequently tells me what star rating Anya Kashyap gives the movies we watch. Yeah. Because he watches everything. He does. Uh, so, number one most watched on Letterboxd? Guess. Devdos. Devdos. Yeah. Number two? This would I would not consider this a Maduri Diction movie by any stretch um, of the imagination. Yeah, Giovanni, hi Giovanni. Yeah. Then Del- the, has a, that, yeah, that's an item number. Yeah. Uh, then Dilto Pagolhe. Then Bombay Talkies. Okay, yeah. Then Hamake Hank. Again, that's not really a role either. Yeah. Then Kalank. Then Dead Ishkia. She's very good in that. No, no, we. Have, oh, you. I've, I haven't I've seen, seen that it. Yeah. yeah. She's very good. Uh, that was actually the first Maduri Diction film I ever saw. Then Aja Nachle, Koila, um, Ham Tumhari Ham Sanam, so kind of a her and Saman Khan again with Shahrukh. 
Um, then Perinda, Dill's down there later, Beta down even lower, Tezab even lower, Gulab Gang. I like Gulab Gang. Mm-hmm. Gulab Gang is good. Um, Rajkumar, very low on the list here, but uh, definitely a high one in my heart because I enjoyed <laughs> Rajkumar. She, I mean, she kicks a duck. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, her her status on Letterbox definitely leans towards the canonical ones, but also just some newer stuff that she's just kind of in. Yeah, because people are most likely to log new films on Letterbox. Yeah, so her 80s stuff is actually way lower on here. Could be definitely due to difficulty in finding it, too, just like we had. Well, yeah, and that's partly why we're not starting this episode with Madhuri Dixit's 80s and kind of going decade by decade like we are with Neil Kapoor. I think instead we're just kind of kind of put pick chunks of her career and go along. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we love Bollywood, so I think it's kind of a given that we love Madhuri Dixit. She's a fixture within Bollywood. Uh, we will eventually get to, you know, her getting married and moving to the States to become like a soccer mom in Denver and how sad it was that, you know, she was away from, from screens for such a long time, but it's very exciting that she's back and I'm, I'm excited to watch the rest of the fame game. Yeah. We'll talk more about that. She just has such a, she has such poise. If I were to think of any word to describe Madhuri Dixit, I think it would be poise. Well, she grew into poise. I would say that her early roles, she's kind of... Mohini is kind of... Cultish? Yeah. I don't know. Kind of... Like, she's still feeling her way through it. Dill, like, a lot of comedy in Dill. Yeah. So, uh, nowadays, she is just kind of brought in for, like, well, here's the sort of elder stateswoman coming mm-hmm. to do a beautiful dance and then doesn't really do much else. Um, Gulab Gang was an exception. She mm-hmm. She had a lot going on Gulab Gang but it does feel like she's kind of yeah she's moved away from the industry and kind of just comes in for item numbers now mm-hmm. which at least we get to see her but it's not the same she I think has an incredible emotional register though and I think we're mm-hmm. seeing that in in the fame game and I think you see that in kind of some of these early roles that we're going to discuss and she really throws herself into these early performances like she, yeah. she feels like a very physical actor in these early roles yeah. Which I think you would expect from a dancer. You know, she kind of knows how to express with her whole body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anything else you want to say before we get into Perinda? No, she's really good. I like her. So Perinda is a film that we didn't discuss during our Neil Kapoor series, partly because I had already discussed the film on Shasha Heed's split screen podcast, and we'll mm-hmm. get to why I discussed that film. For a hilarious reason. Uh, but this is... This is easily one of my all-time favorite Bollywood films. And yeah, it's top five. I do acknowledge that her role is maybe a little small in the film. She's the girlfriend. Uh, but, you know, she's pretty much the only woman in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and I think because we had kind of skipped over it when we did our Anil Kapoor series, uh, I thought it's been enough time since I did that episode with Shaw and you didn't get the opportunity to speak about Perinda that, you know, we should finally discuss this movie. Because I think I actually forced a discussion of Perinda when I was on a show. <laughs> I was just like, I never got to talk about Perinda. I'm talking about it for a few minutes. I, yeah, I love this film. Uh, it means bird. It came out in 1989, as we said, directed by Vidhu Vinod Chopra. It stars Jackie Shroff, Anil Kapoor, Nana Petakar, Madhuri Dixit, of course, and Anupam Kerr. Just like, a real murderer's row. It's, it's an incredible cast. Yeah. It won two National Film Fair Awards for Best Supporting Actor for Nana Petakar and Best Editing. It is really well edited. Yeah. Uh, Conspicuously so. And 
and was nominated for six film for awards winning all but best film so it won best director Damn. best actor for Jackie Shroff best oh, what do they call actor. that when it happens for an Oscar you get that sometimes right when you win everything except for best film oh I don't know it, it doesn't it occasionally happens where like that's what's gonna happen to Dune yeah yeah, yeah you, you pick up all the technical awards or it's just like they the, call it the Mad Max Fury Road effect yeah that's kind of <laughs> what it is like we, we know we have to give best picture to something but we actually know the real best picture was something else yeah so it's gonna it's gonna rack up everything while we give best picture to didn't Star is Born have that happen too no, not quite. No? No. There's, there's always a few movies where it's just like, that one best picture when that movie, when that year was out? Like, yeah. 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 Uh, it was India's submission to the Oscars. Unfortunately, it was not nominated. That would have been a good pick. I feel like, I mean, I didn't look up what was nominated that year, but I feel like the baby song is what, uh, yeah. what kept it up The baby song nominated. is definitely... <laughs> A difficult part of the movie. <laughs> Take that baby song out or put a song that doesn't involve babies and you got a, you know, top five international cinema classic. Uh, the film is seen as a turning point in Hindi cinema and is credited with introducing realism in Bollywood. And it was remade in Hollywood in 2015 by Chopra. As Broken Horses with Vincent D'Onofrio, Anton Yelchin, Chris Marquette, Maria Valverde, Thomas Jane, and Sean Patrick Flannery. Which also is... kind of a murderer's row cast, too. Really? No, I mean, D'Onofrio... Okay, so, like, D'Onofrio had a, a rough patch there, but, like, he was great early on. And he's been, like, the cell, he was really good. He was really good at the Kingpin in the Daredevil show. And he's probably richer than God, because he was on... Uh, a Law and Order show. Look, I'm not disagreeing that Vincent D'Onofrio is a good actor. Yelchin, Yelchin I like. I know... The rest of them. Yelchin had a very uh, underwhelming filmography. Apart from the Star Star Trek movies, which I really liked him in. I've liked two Anton Yelchin films and yeah. two Anton Yelchin performances. John Patrick Flannery. Do you know what they are? Uh, Green Room and Thoroughbreds. Yeah. yeah. Green Room is an amazing movie. Um, John Patrick Flannery, you know... He will always have a certain segment of the population for being in uh, Boondock Saints. Okay, sure. Uh, so I actually saw Broken Horses before I saw Perenda. And, and you were like, what a film! <laughs> I hated it. But that was, the, that was the other film I went on the Split Screen Podcast to talk about because the Split Screen Podcast uh, discussed Bollywood, Bollywood films that were generally remade from other films. But you like, went the other way. What about the the Hollywood film that was remade from a Bollywood film. And I think I blew it? Shaw's mind by the And everyone that wanted to existed. leave it, <laughs> leave it where it was. Yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah. If people are interested, I would go listen to that episode. Do not watch the movie though. Uh, it's, listen to the episode. It's, I will say it's, the movie is batshit. It's really hard to find. Yeah. Um, but James Cameron said that it was an amazing, uh, work of cinematic genius or whatever. Well, and I can also see like, if you're Anton Yelchin or you're Vincent D'Onofrio and you like see Perinda and you're like, yeah. oh, the director wants to remake this in Hollywood, like I'd sign up. Yeah. So it, it, it I was, often think that with actors, like they don't actually know what movie they're in and they're just like, oh, this is a good director. It's based on a good subject material. I'm sure it'll be good. But then they probably are pretty surprised when they see the finished product because they're only there for the parts they do and they probably think they're doing a good job. It was baffling to me when I finally saw Perinda. Uh, that that was the film that then was remade into Broken Horses because Chopra makes some changes to 
to the story that... He made some decisions. I completely disagree with. I do, Mistakes were made. I do still think Vidu Vinotropra is an excellent director, and I'm interested yeah. in anything he makes. It was I not just a, didn't like that movie. Broken Horses was not a boring movie. I'll no. say that much. Okay. Can Perinda, though. Perinda's set up good. the plot of Perinda. Okay, so Jackie Shroff... And our matter addiction of, like, <laughs> series is going off on a lot of tangents. Immediately, I'm just like, and Jackie Shroff. So Jackie Shroff and Anil Kapoor are brothers, and they grow up on the streets as children with... Anupam Care and Madhuri Dixit. Yeah. Uh, child versions of them. <laughs> yeah, unlike the baby song, this is like child actors playing them. Legit children <laughs> being used for this part of the role. They grew up on the streets, and uh, Jackie Shroff kind of gets... Uh, he's slightly a, older than them. He's a little bit older, a couple years older, and there's kind of a gangster kid that adopts him, and this kid kind of grew up, grows up to be Nana Patekar. Um, Anna. And, yeah. Um, Which is such a Anna baller yeah. name for a villain. Anna Seth, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Anna Pimkera grows up to be a cop. It's implied that he's kind of dirty because him and Anna Seth, uh, Anna Seth orders his assassination, basically. It's in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Also because he's an Indian cop. He's an Indian cop, so yeah, he's, he's probably a, a little he's, dirty. He's a cop in a Bollywood movie. He's it's implied he's a little dirty. Yeah. Uh, but Anil Kapoor... Uh, uh, I guess Jackie Shroff made him enough money from crime to send Anil Kapoor to school in America. It is very unclear what he went there to do. Yeah. He never mentions it, but he comes back and he wants to know where the old gang is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Murderi Dixit has become a school teacher in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So those two are on like the, you know, the side of good, whereas uh, arguably Adam Bukher on the side of evil as well as Jackie Shroff. Um, Anil Kapoor is very excited when he comes home. He wants to see his girl again, and he also wants to see his best friend, Anup Kher. There's a lovely song where Anup Kher and uh, Kapoor are driving in their cars to go meet each other in a park. Yeah. They're singing a song about friendship and all this stuff. It's very nice. Uh, but uh, once uh, Kher gets there, he gets uh, shot by three guys. It's an incredible scene. Yeah. It's... There's a bunch of birds in the background, and this is used all over the t- uh, many, many times throughout the movies. Like the birds flying, you know, birds as a metaphor, and just the amount of so birds in the background. Like, yeah, like the release of emotion and yeah. life, and oh god, yeah. yeah. So uh, Kapoor is obviously devastated by this, but he does hook up with Maduri again, and uh, they decide to get married. Um, this kind of happens after the fact that he sort of worms himself into uh, Anasaf's organization, mm-hmm. though. Because he says, well, my brother's a gangster. I kind of want to do some work for you. But he's doing this in order to find those three guys and kill them. Yeah, he infiltrates the gang in order to get revenge for Anupam Kara's death. And Maduri Dick should, we should say, is not like... She she does break things off. She doesn't feel that she can trust him. She yeah. thinks, you know, he's part of the evil that is responsible for her brother's death. And so she she's a very strong-willed character. Yeah. Um, and, you know, while she might not be the focal point of the film, I think she makes a huge impression. Mm-hmm. And her and Anil Kapoor's love story is really one of the... You know, there, there's so many... I was going to say it's, like, one of the most important emotional arcs throughout this film, except I think also, like, the emotional arc between Anil Kapoor and Anupam Kher is important, and then obviously Jackie the emotional Shroff. arc between him and Jackie Shroff is important. Anna Seth and Jackie Shroff. And, and Anna Seth and... Nana and, Patekar, yeah. And his... Uh, his torment of his, a fire. Yeah, like, he burned just, his family. Like, everyone is on just a crazy emotional register throughout, and it's yeah. just so well done. Like, you understand these characters immediately... 
And from the get-go, you could kind of see, like, oh, this is going to end tragically. It is an incredibly rich film. Also very, very violent. It's Yes, it's violent. It's, it's like a quantum leap in visible violence, like realistic violence, I would yeah. say, from any other 80s movie I've seen. Like, we were talking about Agnipath afterwards, and Agnipath, like... It's like the heroic version of this, like a revenge tale, guy becomes a gangster, also very violent, but the amount of squibs that go off in this, like, it it seems realistic, whereas setting a whole village on fire and then being on fire yourself and fighting somebody, like, it, that's like your kind of 70s angry young man becoming, uh, like, an angry, bitter gangster, whereas this is something new. But Agnipath is so ugly, you know, like, if I were to compare this to kind of Hollywood gangster films like Parinda to me feels like sure I was gonna say it feels more like The Godfather it feels more like kind of the Coppola oh the visual style yeah Yeah. and and the and and the way that the violence comes to punctuate the emotions right yeah whereas I would say Agnipath is to Palma Scarface you yeah. know, where well, it's just, it literally is. It literally is. But yeah. it's all kind of like, and those are the textures. I style think you're over substance. With. Those are the styles I think yeah. you're working with. Yeah. Um, not necessarily that Perinda narratively resembles The Godfather. I, although I do think in some There's way a bit of it. it does. When, when you think about the way that kind of this this family unit of, of these these four kids and how the film is about how it is fractured. There's a little bit of Godfather 2, I guess, too. Yeah. Because you're seeing the younger versions of these people. Yeah. I, again, it, like, if you haven't seen this movie, I, I really don't want to give anything away. I, I know it's it's old, but so, you know, spoilers kind of seem like... When a film is this old, it doesn't seem... It is seem, 33 years old. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, oh, you can, you can spoil it a little bit, but I, I really don't want to kind of... Uh, reveal some of the bigger um, shocking moments in the film. Because I'm shocked I, that this didn't do very well. It was India's pick for the Oscars. So, Anupama Chopra, who uh, is, well, I'll just read her review from Letterboxd a little bit because I think this is important and interesting. Full disclosure, I'm married to the director, so this recommendation does toot the family horn, but I couldn't resist. Perinda is the original Mumbai gangster noir, a film about two brothers who become embroiled in the city's underworld. The older one sacrifices himself to give his younger brother a better life. The younger brother voluntarily joins the gang to avenge his best friend's death. The story wasn't particularly new, but the telling had such urgency and force that the film doesn't seem dated even today. My favorite character is Anna, the psychotic Don who may or may not have burned his wife and child to death. Nana Patekar was so effectively vicious that he made subsequent villains look a feat in comparison. The cinematography by Binod Pradhan and the editing by the late Renu Saluha uh, helped to con- construct a vividly tragic vision of Mumbai. Incredibly, the film wasn't a commercial success. The Punjab the distributor uh, complained that viewers believed a climactic sequence near the end was a dream sequence and were angered that they uh, discovered that the, it was real. But over the years, viewers discovered Perinda and it, it endures as a cult film. Trivia. In the opening scene of the film, the dead body and his crew tried to dispose of it in the factory was actually director Vinod Chopra. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, so yeah, she said it, like, it didn't do well financially. Okay. Okay, well, it was the ninth highest-grossing Bollywood film 
of the year. Well, maybe like compared to its critical reputation, though they were expecting more. Yeah, I don't know, or like it, you know, did numbers afterwards. But like it's it's come to be realized as like here's where all of the uh, Ram Gopal Varma gangster stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like a well, Delhi Belly's Delhi, but like that sort of street level gangster stuff. This is its real genesis, and not. An Agni Path, which is, you know, mm-hmm. a heroic Amitabh Bachchan gangster, right? Like, this is real people. Yeah, and this film has influenced filmmakers like Anya Kashyap and Dipakar Banerjee. Uh, and, and, and you can see that. It's yeah. so... It's so visceral. Yeah. It's, you know, the emotions here... Okay, so let's talk about the performances, and let's talk about some of the male performances before we get to Madhuri Dixit. Uh, so, Anil Kapoor... Absolutely fantastic as kind of you watch him lose his innocence throughout the film. He is surprisingly innocent for like a 35-year-old man. I feel like he's supposed to be younger in the text of the story. But you just can't get over the fact that like he's acting like he's twelve. Yeah, he he. He's is, a bit much for me, but he does like grow into it. He is a little naive to kind of what his brother is up to. But Once he I starts think, slicking his hair back, you're like, ah, yeah, oh, there we go. I think kind of. Going from the, you know, excitement of being reunited with his brother and the woman he loves and his friend to that kind of tragic death that just sends him um, just like on this downward, this downward spiral, spiral Mm -hmm. where he just pretty quickly loses all his innocence and he's clinging to this idea of revenge and he's clinging to this woman that he loves and this belief that they can get away from all this and still have a happy life and family, even though he is trapped mm-hmm. within uh, kind of the jaws of the underworld. Uh, fantastic performance. Yeah, he's great. This might be the best performance I've ever seen from Jackie Shroff. Yeah, I, I do love Jackie Shroff in a lot of things. He's we were, so we were actually watching OK Computer again with some yeah. friends, and he does a great job of like a cult leader who probably smokes a lot of weed. But <laughs> I have to assume that Jackie Shroff probably smokes a lot of weed. Uh, you know, take that as you will. But like, he's such a relaxed guy typically in his films, mm-hmm. and in this, he's like a live wire. Yeah, he's just fighting and always running around trying to help his brother and help his boss. And then, like, he's so emotional. He's trapped. Yeah, he's so trapped. He, he understands that he's stuck in a cage. Yeah, he will do anything to help his brother, but. And that means that he essentially sold his soul. He would do anything for love. And now he has love, to deal with that. But he won't do that. Anya Femme Care is only in the film for like 10 minutes. They're good though. <laughs> but he makes a huge impression. It is hilarious though that like what, th- three years previously? No, not quite three. A couple, like a year previously? Yeah, a year previously. Think about the relationship was, that him and Madhuri Dixit have over the course of the late Madhuri, 80s. Yeah, he was Madhuri Dixit's father. In Tizab. In Tizab in 1988. And then... Her brother. Dill, he'll be her father-in-law. Yeah, and her brother in this. And they're, like, supposed to be the same age in this. Yeah, they... Like, around the same age. He's not, like, a significantly older brother. He's, like, her brother. They're kind of like a Jody. Like, they're not a romantic couple, but, like, <laughs> they're always, like, pretty good together. Yeah. You know, like, they... Well, they, they, have, they have chemistry, but it's not romantic chemistry. They're never on screen together here. Sure. Yeah. But you could feel it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, Nana Petakar. Holy smokes. I love the tapping the head. Uh, just like he embodies pure evil. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's absolutely psycho. He's a straight up psycho. Um, 
I, I all the goons are fantastic. There's one who everyone has a great face. Yeah. I, like I said, it's like three Abe Vigodas were the assassins in this movie. Yeah, one of them is always playing uh, like the recorder or the flute, which seems like a horrible tick tap if you need to assassinate yeah. people. If you want to be you know, quiet and assassinating people, having a characteristic introduction that you do on your recorder, bad idea. Okay, so let's talk about Madre Dixit. I really like her in this film. I think yeah. she's fantastic. Um, so it's an archetypal as, role. Yeah, it's certainly an archetypal role where she plays this this school teacher who kind of you know realizes that the man she is in love with is potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, she you know hates him because of how she feels he is responsible for her brother's death, but she can't deny her love for him. And I think the the romance that is built between Madhuri Dixit and Anil Kapoor. Partly because they are so iconic together, mm-hmm. and and they just have that perfect chemistry where you know they just are on screen together and you believe them. But I think like that that love story, you cling the way that she and Anil Kapoor in this film cling to the hope that they are going to get out of this and, and yeah. things are going to be, there is going to be a happy ending. It is interesting considering like they're all street kids, right? Yeah. And like she happily does not end up in the sex trade or something. Like she gets mm-hmm. like a, she's a teacher. She gets a teacher job. Uh, and she doesn't really seem like blase about what Jackie Shroff does, especially like, She's not. She doesn't seem scared of him, even though mm-hmm. she must know, at least by reputation, what he's doing. Even if Anya Kapoor doesn't, she probably has a bit of an insight. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still like kind of. She's not a complete innocent like Anya Kapoor. No. And it's a really difficult tightrope to walk of someone who's kind of street smart, but also has tried to get away from that life. Mm-hmm. And I think she does really well. Yeah. Also, she and Anya Kapoor have this incredible incredibly sexy sex scene that just mm-hmm. like really feels like it is pushing some boundaries it's like a 90s erotic thriller it yeah in the States. but it's just it's so it's really raw it's lit very like it's very dark where you can just kind of using see. chiaroscuro to kind of sort just of. have like a black mostly black and then sort of like a blue line across the edges of their yeah. bodies. It almost reminds me of the the love scene in Top Gun, but done well. Because that <laughs> love scene is not done well. Yeah. I have a lot of love for Top Gun, but that sex scene doesn't work for me. It's. It, I feel like that's what Top Gun was going for. Mm-hmm. This is what Top Gun was going for. Um, you can put that on the cover of the Blu-ray. <laughs> what Top Gun was trying to do? <laughs> just this one scene. Like, it's, just, it's lit so beautifully, and it's just, it's so... There's a sensuality to it. There's a tenderness to it. And Way more than you'd see in a movie from this time. Yeah. Even in a movie nowadays. Like, this is... Um, they were going for it. And I give credit to Madhuri Dixit for, you know, really, like, putting herself in, you know, like, doing a scene like this. There's you know? very few actresses you, you see now her, like, who would do that. stripping off her negligee. You yeah. know, she's... Uh, she really gives herself over to the role. Yeah, there's very few actresses now I could even see trying this. Maybe like Konkana Sen Sharma mm-hmm. or Vidya Balan would go for that level of like intimacy. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's maybe like, oh, they just pull the bedsheet over. Mm-hmm. Fade to black. 
Yeah. Rather than like a straight up sex scene. Yeah. You almost never see that even these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So yeah, I have... Um, More sex scenes in movies, please. I have nothing bad to say about this film. I'm glad we've finally discussed it because it is one of our all-time favorite Bollywood films. I think yeah. easily within... Top five. My top ten, certainly. Probably my top five, yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're going to take yeah. a break. Listen to a song from Perinda. This is uh, PRK Mode Pay. And then we'll be back to discuss Dill. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. Hi there, I'm Brendan, a certified home inspector with Rumi. Do you have a problem that needs fixing? Whether it's big or small, inside or outside, let me help you find out what's really going on. You can call me by phone, or we can take a look together over video chat. Visit rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and go to Ask a Home Inspector to book your appointment with me today. All right, so that was Pierre Modupe from Perinda. Uh, next up, we have Dill, which means heart. You knew that. <laughs> yeah. From I feel like if you're listening to this show, you probably know Dill means heart. Yeah, I even know what it means. Uh, from 1990, directed by Indra Kumar. And I think this is a good cast, too. Amir Khan, Madhuri Dixit, Anupam Kher, and Sayyid Jaffrey. Uh, so this received eight Filmfire nominations, including Best Film, Best Actor, and Best Supporting Actor. And this is where she won Best Actress. Yes. Yes, this was her first uh, Best Actress win. Her third nomination, her first win. Yeah. Uh, this movie is kind of batshit. And <laughs> I'm going to leave you to do the plot description, because I did Perinda. So the, the plot is pretty straightforward, though there's a lot of kind of interesting set pieces throughout. But the overall kind of structure of the film is that Amir Khan and Madhuri Dixit are college students. They meet and initially hate each other. Amir Khan really wants to take Madhuri Dixit down a peg. And so they kind of start pulling pranks on one another. Mm -hmm. Amir Khan, it's a very prank-heavy movie. Yeah, especially the first, like, 30 minutes. Amir Khan pretends to be blind and then embarrasses Madhuri Dixit. He throws a banana peel at her while she's dancing and she that slips on it. Eventually they go to like a, like a, like camp. <laughs> they go to like a college like retreat or something. Yeah. Um, really unclear what that is. Yeah. And Madhuri Dixit. They just drove to a motel basically. <laughs> but the whole like college camp yeah. is there. Like, Everyone's there. The like guy who dresses like Dev Anand is there. All it's the like girls a are there. Retreat. It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> 
Anyways. You don't even know what um, faculty they're in. Yeah. Madura Dixit uh, falsely accuses Amir Khan of sexual assault. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, just so to embarrass him. The prank is that they're going to change uh, her room number. Yeah. Uh but in fact, the room number is upside down, so it goes from a six to a nine. Mm-hmm. And Amir walks in on her. A nine to a six. No, it's a six to a nine. Oh yeah, no, it is a nine to a six. Yeah. So Amir walks in on her and gets into bed, and like, oh, no big deal. And then she's in there. Yeah. And she's engineered this situation. She's yeah. She falsely accuses him of rape. It's, it's. Actually, something that you hear about, like, sort of in conservative media circles, mm-hmm. like, all oh, these women are out there just trying to ruin boys' lives. In this case, she did. Yeah. Yeah. And just for, like, their petty feud. Uh, he then kind of confronts her and says, like, that's actually... Crazy scene. Like, yeah, we can talk about that scene. And, I, and says, like, that was a horrible thing to do. Uh, like, don't you understand how this could destroy my life? Like, and you shouldn't make a joke about this. Yeah. You know, women all over the world, you know, are, you know, this, this is a real thing that happens to women. Don't make a joke about it. Yeah. Um, so he's rather kind of oddly woke in that moment. Uh, sort of. Sort of. Because he's also <laughs> teleporting around like Jason Voorhees and like threatening her in a, in a yeah. barn. So like it's woke, but also like. It's a woke glove underneath with an iron fist underneath. Uh, mean. So, anyways, after that, she falls completely in love with him. He kind of falls in love with her, and from that point on, uh, they're they're madly in love with one another. Meanwhile, in the Amir Khan's father, yeah, played by Anupam Kerr. This this goes is, on through like these are the two stories that yeah. trade off for each other. He uh, wants to find kind of like the best match for his son. And he wants, essentially, he wants like a really big dowry. He loves money. He, he loves money. He's like Scrooge McDuck. Wants a really big dowry and so wants to find a, a daughter-in-law from a very, very rich family. He himself is poor. He runs yeah. a junk shop. He runs into Madhuri Dixit's father, played by Asayi Jaffrey. And discovers that he is very rich, and so then pretends that he is equally rich, uh, so that you know he can make a match and get a lot of money for marrying his son yeah. off to Medra Addiction. He pretends he can he, jog. He uh, his ethics, goes to the country club. He does all kinds of stuff, and he's paying people to kind of be his servants. Yeah, he has horrible, horrible ethics. He's a terrible person. Well, just as they're kind of like about to set up the match. Madhuri Dixit's father finds out uh, what's going on. No, no, they and they bring each, like, they do a classic, like, well, we'll bring our two kids to this meeting. What? You? I can't marry you. Because they hate each other at that point. Well, yeah, they hate each other at that point, but eventually they fall in love. Yeah. Anyways, point is, when they're finally... The like, movie's not called Not Dill. When they're finally about to seal the match, seal the deal... Uh, Madhuri Dixit's father finds out that Anupam Kerr has been lying and the jig is up and then they make promises that like, no, their children can't be together. But at this point, they've already fallen in love. Yeah, and uh, Saeed Jeffrey uh, slaps Anupam Kerr at like this big sort of yeah. engagement party and Anupam Kerr is like, swears revenge. Exactly. He will do whatever it takes to ruin this man. Exactly. So then like, 
Andy Pam cares, starts like hiring goons to stop them from getting married. Majority Dixit's father is also like meddling. Also getting goons. Yeah. So they're trying to keep them apart, but the love is so strong and they eventually get married despite their father's disagreeing. Okay, hold on. Moving into a get sh- married. They Anarchon breaks into her house. I said this is gonna be simple. You keep stopping. No, but me this is a really <laughs> important and interesting okay. part of the movie. He breaks into their house after getting his ass kicked by a bunch of goons, yeah. and then with her father in the other room watching, ties his shirt to her um her sari and then sets a bench on fire and like forcibly marries her in front of her dad, who pulls out a shotgun and tries to shoot him. Yeah. Like it's it is like very over the top. Like we we thought that uh, Shersha, uh, that that marriage was like maybe a little corny. Well, this one's just like, yeah, I guess you can just get married marry whenever you want. Yeah. So like it's actually a really it's like a pretty good scene I think. Yeah. Like forcibly marrying someone in front of their dad that doesn't want it to happen. So they get married. They move into a shack. Their parents kind of disown them. But then one day Amir Khan has an accident while uh, on the job. And Medary Addiction essentially has to go to her father-in-law and plead for them, for their help, so that he can get the treatment that he needs in the hospital. And even then, Anupam Care still won't acknowledge well, he's like, their marriage. You have to give me that Mangal Sutra. I'll pay for this, but yeah. you will never see my son again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a lot. It's quite the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's quite the roller coaster. Uh, and but yet also kind of feels cliche, <laughs> you know. Yes. Like it's enemies to lovers. It's our parents don't accept us, and we're gonna get married anyway. It's poor people, rich people. Yeah, it's the economic divide. Like it just kind of has everything. Having a kind of uh, shysty guy who's like doing schemes. Yeah, and tonally it's all over the place. Like at times it feels like. A horror movie? Yeah, when he's explaining that feminism is good and don't make fake rape rape accusations, he's running around like Jason Voorhees. Yeah. There's a boxing match where the goal is to not have to kiss a fat girl. Whoa! Yeah. Like it. Yeah, this film is deeply fat phobic. But it's there's a lot of like, it feels like the creators. Watched a lot of 80s, like, frat movies. Right. Like Animal House or Porky's. And then for the first half of the movie, it's like, okay, well, let's try and replicate that college experience with no nudity and minimal drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty fun scene where there's a college party uh, that uh, Hazari Prasad, that's, uh, I don't care. He, like, his son is also, like, the king of the school, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter that he's poor. Everyone loves him. Uh, but he's having this big party. And uh, in addition to using hilarious songs like uh, Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles and the Superman theme song and Aces High by Iron Maiden, Completely legally, I assume. Uh, you get stuff like Anna McCare's glasses fall off, and oh, they're in the titties of a lady. So you get this sort of like boner comedy stuff, which is kind of unique for Bollywood. Like I, I feel like the this um, does make the college experience look less like high school, which a lot of the more later '90s college movies do. Yeah, like when Karen Johar. Gets involved. Yeah, those are very like tame. Whereas this is, you know, a little raunchy, and it's it's nice. Like it's it's different. It's a different kind of sort of taste. Um, but yeah, then it kind of devolves into the same love story we've seen a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see Amir Khan as a leading man, as like a 
kind of like a boy toy, basically. Because he's really handsome, he's young, yeah. and he's just like the romantic hero. Yeah, I, I do think kind of the first half was a lot more fun, because the second half just felt a bit more kind of been there, done that. It just mm-hmm. didn't feel very original. Uh, but it's just, yeah, there's like, it's kind of a strange film. Uh, there's this very interesting song sequence when, um, kind of when they're like hiring the... Well, they're both the, in a jail cell well, at this exactly, point. Yeah. And there's like, there's so like, like a cop who's kind of on their side. They've like hired goons to like go after them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is pre-marriage and they end up in a jail cell together and they're so happy to be reunited. And then they like sing this song about like, you know, how they're going to be together. And it turns into this rather bizarre impressionistic impressionistic fantasy sequence like i don't even know if i can describe it well they're they're like a grecian pillars yeah like like they're in the sky they're sort of expressionist like set dressing to make it look like a jail cell and then their fathers are both dressed like sort of like nazis a little bit but also sort of cops but then there's also like a cult aspect to it there's a lot going on like it's it's probably the most interesting part of the movie. It's, it's a very strange song sequence. It's all very blue. Yeah, it was um, good. I like that, but it was... Madhuri Addiction has some wild outfits in this set. I will say, she has wild outfits throughout this entire film. Every scene I ask, like, <laughs> do you like this one? And you're like, no. I think I like the very first thing she wears, that, like, kind of red dress. So I think the bottom frills should be pulled off. Mm-hmm. Um, she has very big jewelry. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... I do think that like her college outfits are more exciting than her married woman outfits, which is unsurprising. Yeah. Um, you know, because once she gets married, she kind of becomes a little less interesting. Um, that's just the way the character's written. You know, she's and very also that happens all the time too. Yeah. Part yeah. of part of the genre, really. But yeah, like it's just like I don't know at times, but it wasn't entirely weird enough like it still felt very conventional so it kind of has like these weirder moments but it also just feels very conventional it kind of feels like a precursor to like Humpty Sharma Kiel Hania, which has like sort of cutaways to like redoing a song or weird uh, college jokes and stuff Mm -hmm. but that kind of kept that metatextual stuff going the whole time whereas this it just stops entirely yeah and it kind of loses its edge I will say I didn't. I, I don't know if I bought the chemistry between Amerikan and Madhuri Dixit. They're both actors I like, and I think Madhuri Dixit is really like throwing herself into this role. They're both really good at making their eyes red. Yeah, but did you like? Were you rooting for them? Did you care about the? Not the same way I would with Anil Kapoor. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why they did so many movies together. Mm-hmm. This one. It really could have been anyone. Or like her and Shower Khan. Like, I just... Yeah, you could have had anyone in that role, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah like... So you could switch either of them out, basically. We haven't seen... It is fun to see Amir Khan young. Like, I kind of got, like, a young Tom Hanks vibe off of him. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't seen a lot of Amir Khan's kind of earlier roles. It's it's definitely something for us to explore in another episode on this podcast. Uh, but I was, I was more drawn to her performance than I was to his. Like, I think she's... She's got a lot of fire. She's got a lot of excitement. Um, she's Yeah, she's putting her all into it, but it just... The film overall didn't completely work This movie me. has too much dad time. Yeah. It's basically too much of Anupam Kerr doing schemes, and I love schemes. And I this just, makes me angry, because I love seeing schemes done on screen, and I was like, 
they could have cut back on the schemes. Maybe this movie doesn't need to be two hours and 45 minutes long. We also ended up seeing a cut version because that was all that was available on... Was it Eros Now or Crave? We watched this on Crave. Yeah, so it's it's slightly shorter than what was advertised on Wikipedia. And later on, Anupamkeo is trying to marry his son off again. And I feel like we're gonna we we missed out on some backstory of the girl he picked. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, Crave is a Canadian streaming service, mm-hmm. uh, and it's how we get uh, HBO Max. Yeah, and Paramount shows and FX and lots yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's also how we get Letterkenny. Yeah, um, Letterkenny is a Crave original. Truly, the finest Canadian entertainment. Uh, and they recently started adding some Bollywood films. So there's not a huge Bollywood co- catalog on Crave, but we were pretty excited to like finally. They have interesting Crave picks though. Bollywood. It's a lot of '80s and '90s stuff, which is kind of what we're into. So yeah. it's useful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I do see why you know she won the award for this. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, I think it's a good performance. I just wish the film was a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Just not, it's not a rom com that really, I think, worked for me. I want, I like the com better believe, than the rom. Yeah, I liked the com better than the rom, but I want to believe in the rom, and I just don't know if I believed in the rom. Mm-hmm. And I just, I do think some of the tonal shifts were a bit, and like Bollywood always has some tonal shifts, but these were like especially kind of jarring. And I, yeah. I did find the, uh, false accusation of sexual assault. The uh, you're, you know, if you win, you don't have to kiss this, um, this, this woman who is, you know, of a larger size. Like and eating a sandwich. And... Yeah, like that fat phobic stuff. Really, but you would have seen that in the eighties in uh, Western films too. Yeah, it was and it's still... pretty common. I mean, this is a nineteen ninety film, but it yeah. feels very much like an eighties. It still bugs me. Yeah, you know, like I'm just saying, it's not unique in that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I don't like things like Revenge of the Nerds either for similar yeah. reasons. Yeah. You know, like so. Make of it what you will. So, our dills did not beat for dill. They didn't beat any faster, that's for sure. I don't know. Uh, so, so that's that's the first episode in our Medjury Dixit series. Uh, let us know your favorite Medjury Dixit films that we haven't discussed yet on the show. Uh, and we can hopefully work them in uh, some of our future episodes. We also have a Medjury fan uh, mm-hmm. coming on for an upcoming episode. I'm very excited um, to get her perspective on her favorite actress. So stay tuned for that. But in the, oh, and our next episode is obviously going to be the a review game. of the fame game. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up the show? At Bollywood Pod on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore B O W E S. I'm at Ernie Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R. Facebook.com slash Bollywood for Lovers, Tumblr.com slash Bollywood for Lovers. Uh, rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform uh, and maybe let us know because you know we haven't seen one in a long time do you want to get a biffle point this is the only way you can uh, while you're doing that you can check out my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called to Trash Art in the Movies and we want to say thank you to Becca Dalkey for our artwork yeah and also Tuffy maybe... a dog that from what I understand Metairie Dick should adopt it Metairie Dick should had Tuffy. Like, maybe Tuffy was the real Jody all along. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, dwell on that. <laughs>